This morning we begin an ambitious effort to be blessed by Christ, to draw closer to Christ, to exalt the living Christ as we hear the words of Christ. This morning we undertake the study of the book of Revelation and we're going to move verse by verse through the book of Revelation. Sometimes we're going to move word by word uh, through this, the last book in our Bible. Now, I'll just go ahead and tell you on the first day, I'm not sure how long this is going to take. I'm prepared to let God speak however long that it may take. I will tell you this morning, uh, I am in awe. Now, that's a very nice way of saying I am terrified this morning. Uh, but I'm in awe. As I look at this book, I'm in awe. I am hopeful as we begin this book. I'm hopeful for what God might do. Oh, listen to me. What God might do in this study. I'm expectant this morning. These are the words of God, and the words of God will not return void or empty. So I want to tell you, as we move into this endeavor, I'm expectant in the process. I'm excited. I'll just tell you, I'm as excited as I've ever been to preach the word of God. I'm excited as we begin this endeavor. Now, I may look normal to you this morning, uh, but I can assure you, if you were to poke me in the side, I think I would launch up into orbit. Please don't do that. Here's what I'm going to ask of you. I want to tell you what I am. I'm going to tell you what I ask of you. Here's what I ask of you as we begin this exciting endeavor. The first thing I ask of you is to commit. I ask that you commit. Listen what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask that you commit to hearing every single message. Now, that is not a joke. That's not a ploy to, to gain attendance. Friends, I want you to hear me this morning. God has a message for you. Do you hear me? God has a message for you, and you cannot afford to miss his message. You cannot afford to miss his message. I'm going to commit that you'd be here. If you're not able to be here, it's going to be recorded. You go back and listen to it. I'm going to ask that you commit to hear every message. God has a message for you. Second thing I'm going to ask that you would do is this. I'm going to ask that you would invite, that you would encourage others to attend. Listen, in the exact same way, God has a message for them, and he will bless them through it. And so you be an agent of that blessing, and you invite them to attend. You encourage them to attend. And then the third thing I'm going to ask is that you would pray. I want to tell you, this is a supernatural thing. This is an awesome thing. And I'm going to ask that you pray for this effort. I'm going to ask that you would seek God to move in a way that is exceedingly, abundantly, more than we would ask or think. He says that he will do that. I'm going to ask that you pray for the church to be built up. Listen, friends, we need the church to be built up. I'm going to ask that you pray for the lost to be saved, that they would hear the gospel of Christ and they would be saved. I'm going to ask that you pray for me for strength and wisdom and guidance in this process. This morning we begin Revelation chapter 1. Today we're going to start with the first three verses. Revelation chapter 1, the first three verses. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of the word of God. Revelation chapter 1, beginning in the first verse, God's word says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants, 
the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and we come in great humility today. We come as sinners. We come as people that have no hope, no answer outside of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But we also come in great joy. We have a Savior. We have a risen Savior. We have a hope that stands and endures today. Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray as we begin this study, I pray, Lord, that we would commit as the church, as your people. Lord, I pray that we would be we would be able to hear and that we would have soft hearts to receive, that we would have minds that could, could understand what you're saying. And I, I pray, Lord, that the impact would be far greater than we could even imagine this morning. I pray for a tremendous impact for your church, for your glory, for your name's sake. Lord, I pray that in this effort, however long it takes, I pray that the gospel will be made clear week after week after week and I pray that it would bear fruit, that there will be people that would find Christ in this effort. And Lord, most of all, we come and we praise you, the Christ, the Savior, the King of this book, of all of your word, of our hearts, of our lives. Lord, we praise you, we thank you. We trust all this to you. I lay at your feet and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want to start off by asking the question, what type of book are we looking at? What type of book will we be studying as we study the book of Revelation? Now, I want you to be very sure this morning, that is a very big question. That is a huge question. That is a very deep, a very profound question. Be sure there is much correctly and incorrectly said about the book of Revelation. And you can go and you can Google that. You can go and you can go to a bookstore. You can go and you can look around. There is much that has been said, much that has been preached, much that has been printed correctly and incorrectly about the book of Revelation. I know folks, and they avoid the book of Revelation at all costs. Maybe that's talking about you. Maybe you know some folks like that. I, I know folks and they consider it a confusing book. Or they say, you know what, I've tried to look at it. It's an overwhelming book. And they say that as I've read through it, it's not knowable. And so they keep a distance from it. I know other folks and they treat it as if it's the only book in the Bible. And if you're around those folks, it's all they want to talk about to the exclusion of any other book. And for everything, everything hinges on the book of Revelation. And you'll start a subject, maybe about where you're going to go for lunch, and they'll have an answer out of the book of Revelation. And so our question is, what kind of book is it? And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start, we're going to be very simple. What kind of book is it? Well, here's the awesome thing that I have found. Now, uh, th this is, I think, a truly awesome thing. This is what I have found. I have found this. It is too marvelous. It is too deep. 
It is too terrific to be narrowed down to a single specific kind of book. And that's what I found. I've looked at it and I've tried to break it down and I've tried to figure it out. And I'll just tell you the marvelous thing is it is too terrific to be narrowed down to a single specific kind of book. Now, there are some that try to do that. Uh, There are some that are able to do that. They can say it is this type of book and they're definitive in that. It is this type of book and they can defend that. I was not able to do that. And I'll just tell you, I think that is a great thing. This is a marvelous book. It is a terrific book, too terrific to put into a single category. Now, if you'll travel with me this morning, I'm going to show you what I mean. All right, here we go. Stay with me. First thing this morning is this. It is a Christological book. What kind of book is this? It is a Christological book. That means it tells of the nature and the work of Jesus. All right, let's start to look at our verses. Verse 1, the first part of the verse says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, the Greek word for revelation, it is the word apocalypse. You've heard that. It's used in other, ter- in other ways as well. It is the word apocalypse. It literally translates this, this word unveiling or uncovering. Now, the most literal translation of that word is the laying bare of, the laying bare of. And so this book, it says here, it is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It is the disclosure of Jesus. Exactly, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Today, we might start off, and we might approach this book, and we might think the exact opposite of that. We might say, well, this message, when you look at it, it is a riddle. We might say, well, it is a puzzle that we have to put the pieces together, and you've got to go back to here, and you've got to go back to there. It is a puzzle. Or we might think it is the cryptic covering of the message, when it actually is the unveiling of the message by Christ himself. Now see that, that's what it is. We're supposed to see, we're supposed to understand. It is the unveiling of the message by Christ himself. Now listen, watch this, we're gonna see this a bunch. Here's the fantastic part. As Jesus reveals the message sent, given by the Father, he himself is revealed. Now that's a deep thing. That's a tremendous thing. Uh, I, I better say that again. As Jesus reveals the message sent, given by the Father, he himself is revealed. And so it is a Christological book. It is a Christological book. See this. In Scripture, from start to finish, we have the story of Jesus Christ. Now, I hope we understand that. We, we, we come, we start in Genesis, we move through the books of the Bible. It's not all these separate things that bring us to this conclusion. The whole thing, from the start to the finish, it is the story of Jesus Christ. In Scripture, we see him, Jesus, as the creator Christ. 
He is responsible for all things. The book of Colossians tells us that. Nothing is coming to being that hasn't come through him. We see him as the creator Christ. In scripture, we see him as the promised Christ. That's what the prophets were talking about. That goes all the way back to the garden in Genesis. There is a promised Christ. There is a promised Savior. And so in scripture, we see him as the promised Christ. In scripture, we see him as the needed Christ. He is the needed Christ. He is the need of mankind. He is able to provide salvation for sinful people. And so all the way to the start, all the way to the end, we see he is the needed Christ. In Scripture, in the Old Testament, we see him sometimes as the pre-incarnate Christ, foreshadowing his work that is to come. In Scripture, when we move to the New Testament, we see he is the faithful Christ, who true to his word in the fullness of time is born of a woman. In scripture, we see he is the humble Christ who comes not only humble himself as a man, but he comes as a suffering servant, suffering at the hands of those that he comes to save. In scripture, we see he is the crucified Christ. He is the payment for sin, making the atonement for all. Praise the Lord. He is the crucified Christ. In scripture we see, we celebrated it last week, he is the risen Christ. He has died. He has actually physically died, paying the penalty for sin, but he doesn't stay dead. He is the risen Christ, the defeater of death, the victor of the grave. In scripture, he is the risen Christ. At the last of the Gospels, the beginning of the book of Acts, we read, we hear the truth that he is the ascended Christ. He is the rider of the cumulus elevator back to the throne of glory. He is the ascended Christ. Oh, but I want to tell you, friends, in our study, in God's word, there is another picture of our precious Christ. And I'll tell you this morning, as much as I love those pictures, as much as I cherish those pictures, I want to tell you, I can't get over this picture. And that picture, listen to me, it is of the soon and coming Christ. Friends, Jesus is coming again. Praise the Lord. The King is coming. It is a Christological book. That's just the start. I may run out of gas. It is a Christological book. The next thing we see, it is an ecclesiastical book. It is an ecclesiastical book. That means pertaining to the church, pertaining to the church. Let's go back to verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, Jesus, to show his bondservants the things which soon must take place. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to Jesus, gave him to show his bondservants the things which soon must take place. Now, understand this, bondservants, it is referring to followers of Jesus Christ. That's what it's referring to, followers of Jesus Christ. Understand, as believers, we are submitted to Jesus as Lord. That's what we do. We submit to Jesus as Lord. By faith and by choice, we are the bondservants of Christ. And so what it is telling us right from the start, this letter is written 
to the church. This letter is written to believers. It is written to us today as the church. As we read it, as the church, we're going to be instructed. Praise the Lord. As we read it, as the church, we will be taught. We will be corrected if need be. Praise the Lord. This letter, this message to the church will prepare us for the days that we are in and the days that are ahead and our mission in it. Praise the Lord. This letter, this message will encourage us as the church. Are you listening to me hear this? And it is right on time. It is right on time. Listen to me very carefully this morning. There has been no more critical time, I believe, for the church to be the defender of the truth of Jesus Christ. There has been no more critical time, I believe, for the church to be the proclaimer of the gospel, the good news of the truth of Jesus Christ. There is no more critical time, I believe, for the church to be the herald that there is hope in Jesus. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Church, I want you to understand this. These are our days. These are our days. Wake up, church. Take courage today, church. The world is dark, yes. These days are hard, yes. Satan is wrecking havoc in the lives of people. But I want to tell you this, church, we hold the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Church, this is our day. This is our day. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I get discouraged by what's happening around us lately. Sometimes I get discouraged by the darkness of the world. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I get discouraged by the apathy of the church today. I look around, man, the world's suffering, the world's hurting. We hold hold the gospel, the good news of Christ. We assemble to worship a risen Savior. And I want to tell you, I I get discouraged, I'm going to be honest with you, at the apathy of the church today. And yet I want to tell you this, the truth is this, there are no better days to preach Jesus than these days. There's no more vital days, no more critical days to uphold the truth of Jesus. Listen, if we do not do it, no one will do it. These are our days. It's a Christological book. It is an ecclesiastical book. The next thing we see this morning, it is a prophetic book. It is a prophetic book. I'm going to read the, verse, the rest of verse 1 and all of verse 2. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which soon must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. I want you to notice the clear message here. The clear message is this. Listen to me. 
These are the words of God. These are the words of God. You see, God, here's what it says. God the Father gave the message to Jesus, the Christ, who communicated it to John, the apostle of God, who already had and who was testifying to the word of God. Listen to me. These are the words of God. We hold the words of God. What I just read to you, these are the words of God. The study we're launching into, these are the words of God. Now that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to think about. These are the words of God. But more than that, listen to me. These are the last recorded, written words of God. And I, I start to think about that. These are the words of God. Man, that's, that's tremendous. But I want to tell you, these are the last written, recorded words from God. And what started in Genesis 1-1 will conclude in our study in Revelation 22, verse 21. And what started with in the beginning God will end with the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Friends, I want to tell you, I got stuck on that. I, I sometimes do that. I got stuck on that. That is a huge thing. I start to think about that. I try to wrap my mind around that. And I get stuck on that. Let me tell you this. What starts in perfect creation in Genesis will end in perfect redemption in Revelation. What starts with man in full fellowship with God in Genesis will end with the tabernacle of God again among men in Revelation. What starts with God and is marred by sin in Genesis will be made new by God. And this time the Bible says it will never end in the book of Revelation. What starts with man being ushered out in Genesis will end with man being invited in in Revelation. It says, even so come. The spirit and the bride say come. What starts with man being bowed in shame in Genesis will end with man being bowed in worship in Revelation. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. And I want to tell you today, start to finish. Genesis to Revelation. Every word, every dot, every tittle, there is one hero, there is one lamb, there is one savior, there is one king, there is one Christ, and the word of God has borne its fruit all in the glory of Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is a prophetic book. Next thing we see, it is a profitable book. It is a profitable book. All right, let's look at verse three. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it. I want you to hear that again. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it. God says, God promises, blessed are those who read this book. Blessed are those who hear this book. Now, you may have gone to sleep on me this morning, so I want you to wake up and hear this. That's talking about us. In case you missed that, that's talking about us. 
Those who read this book, he's going to bless it. Those who study this book, he's going to bless it. Those that hear the words of this book, he is going to bless it. That is the promise of God. Let me tell you something. You endeavored here this morning to worship Christ, but I want to tell you, in the process today, you're going to be blessed of God. Goes on and says this. Who heed the words of this book. Now, I went and looked that up. To heed in the original language means to keep, to watch over, to maintain, observe. That's what it means to heed. And so what, the, what it is saying here is, blessed are those who hear and live according to these words. Blessed are those who hear and who allow their lives to be shaped by these words. Here's what I've decided. If we believe what we're about to learn, we cannot be the same. That's what I've decided. If we actually believe what we're about to learn, actually believe it, that's why we gotta be here to hear it. If we actually believe the words that we're about to learn, we will not be the same. That's what I believe. Remember when I said this is right on time? For believers, this is right on time. You want to know the problem today for the church? I'll, I'll just tell it to you. You want to know what the problem for the church today is this? Is very sadly, we're the same as the world we live in. And we may claim stuff. We may put some bumper stickers on. We may do a few things that are odd to the world. But for in the large part, we are the same as the world that we live in. We're the same as those around us. We're the same, have the same perspectives, the same priorities. And I don't know if we've been lulled into that. I don't know if we somehow got pulled into that. I know a whole bunch of us in rebellion just walked into that. But the problem today with believers, with the church, is we look the same as the world that we live in. Well, praise the Lord. My belief is in this study, we're not going to be able to stay the same. And I, I tell you what, I, I praise the Lord for that. Our evangelism, it won't be able to stay the same after we study this book. Our obedience, it won't stay the same. The desire for it won't stay the same after we study this book. Our worship, listen, I can't imagine what our worship will be. It won't stay the same after we study this book. Our priorities, our perspectives, they won't be the same, they won't be able to be, they're going to be changed. Our homes, if we study this book, our homes aren't going to stay the same. Our church, praise the Lord, it's not going to be able to stay the same. And God is going to bless the study of this book. It is a profitable book. I could go on. And it, it is much more. I could go on. But I've got one last one I want to cover today. I've got one last one I want to talk about today. It is an eschatological book. Eschatology is dealing with in things, with the last days or final things. Listen, what is the book of Revelation? It is a book of eschatology. I want you to see this, and I, I love this, and I, I know God has led us to where we're at right now, and I know we went through the entire Gospel of John, went through it in 100 days, and how awesome it was, how beautiful it was to see the Gospel that, 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 got, that 
God revealed to us through the apostle John. I want you to see this. John the apostle, he has written of what Jesus has done. And we've studied it, we've looked at it. He has written what Jesus has done and he has made it plain to us with the goal that we would believe. That's what he said. I, I tell you these things that in, in hearing them that you might believe. He told us what Jesus has done. He tells us of his birth. He tells us of his sinless life. He tells us he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He told us he is the Savior and that by faith in him we shall not perish. He told us of his training of the twelve. He tells us of Jesus, his miracles, his many miracles. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He told us in detail of the cross of Calvary. He told him of his burial. He told us of his resurrection. He has clearly and plainly told us of what Jesus has done. And now in the book of Revelation, he tells us what Jesus will do. And let me tell you something, friend, we're just starting, but we can hold it in certainty. And just like it happened the first time, we can trust in faith that it's going to happen the second time. He is about to tell us what Jesus will do. Look at the last words of verse 3. Why the book of Revelation? Why this letter? Why this study? Why for us? Why right now? The last words of verse 3 say this. For the time is near. For the time is near. Friends, I don't want to tip my hand. And I don't want to be premature here. But you can listen up and you can take this to the bank. Listen to me. The message of revelation, the testimony of scripture, the word of God and the words of Jesus. Oh, I want you to hear me right now. The, the testimony of God's word, the testimony of our Savior Jesus, the message of the book of Revelation, hear me, is this. Jesus is coming again. Did you hear what I just said? Are you getting that this morning? Jesus is coming again. Jesus, our Lord, our King, our Savior, our hope, as sure as he came once, he is gonna come again. As sure as anything has happened in the past, he is coming again. And on the faithful authority of the word of God, he is coming again. God tells us this morning he is coming again and he tells us this morning and the time is is near. The time is near. We act like that's some faraway thing. We're not ever going to see that. We don't have to live in light of that. Listen to me. The message of God to his church, to you today, is the time is near. I can tell you, there have been a lot of people preaching the book of Revelation. And there have been a lot of preachers that did a better job than I'm about to do. But did you know, as of this morning at 11.02, no one has preached on Revelation closer to the second coming of Jesus than I have right now. He's coming again.
and the time is near. Be ready. Be ready. The time is near. Are you ready this morning? Let me tell you the good news. The good news is this. The Lamb of this book, the Savior of this book, He has made a way for you right now. He's made a way for you right now. We don't have to wait on some other thing. We don't have to wait on some other event. There's not something else that happens to, has to occur. Listen to me. God has seen us in our sin. And in his love and grace to us, he has sent the Lamb of God to come and to carry our sin, to pay for our sin, to take our shame far away. And I want to tell you right now, if you will trust in that Savior, in our hope, if you'll trust in the risen Lamb of God, listen to me, he will save you in this instant. In this instant. Nothing else to do. Nobody to impress, nothing to memorize. If you will trust in the risen Lamb, Jesus, this morning, in this instant, He will save you. Are you ready? Our, our, our series is entitled, Come. That is the message, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Those that thirst, the waters without cause, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He'll save you today. Are you ready? Come to Jesus. He'll save you today. Those of us that have trusted Christ, may we be ready. May we, we be prepared to be faithful in these days. May we be obedient in these days. May our perspectives be shaped by the truth that the time is near in these days. All glory be to Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his bondservant the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to, the bondservant, to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and we worship you. We come and we worship you. Our King, our Lamb, our hope, our Savior. Lord, we worship you. Lord, I'm thankful that we know what you've done. But I'm thankful in the exact same certainty we know what you're going to do. And Lord, we look forward to that day. We sing about that day. We praise you for that day. But I pray until that day that we are a faithful people, that we are an obedient church, that we're useful and that we hold many back, as you tell us, be wise and hold many back. That we would preach the gospel to, to every person, that you love them, that you've died for them. There's hope in Jesus. Lord, let us be found faithful when you come again. Lord, again, I pray for those that are hearing today, some that are hearing of salvation by faith in Christ for the first time today. I pray that they would trust you even in this moment. Pray that any, any barrier will be removed. Pray that it's a great day of salvation, that your glory would ring out in that. Lord, I pray for us as the church that we would be prepared to be equipped, that we would have hearts to hear, that we'd have feet that would be faithful and walk it out. And Lord Jesus, we come and we, we peek to the end of the book and we say this as we read and as we study, as we prepare to march. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Even so, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you. We thank you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close with a time of response.
a time of invitation. I can't think of a better time to come and say, you know what, I trust my Savior. I trust Jesus as my Lamb, as the Lamb. I trust Jesus as the risen hope for sinners, my hope. If that is you today, you come. Let's settle that today. We'll announce it to the church. We'll profess with our mouths what we believe in our heart. Maybe you need more information. Maybe you want to talk about it further. You come as well, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Do not leave here without that settled today. Maybe you're here and you've placed your faith in Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism. What an awesome time. We're going to see it next week. An awesome time to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of my Savior, the King of that gospel. And I come to be baptized, to testify, not as part of my salvation, but in testimony to the King, the Savior of that salvation. You come, it'll be a great day of celebration. You come, we'll set a day. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home. You prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. Together we'll serve him. We'll preach his gospel. We'll uphold his glory until he comes again. Maybe you're here and you're dealing with something entirely altogether different. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. We're not in a hurry to get anywhere. Nothing's too big. Nothing is too small. I'm going to ask for those that are here, if you have something to take care of, wait just a few moments. Don't stir about. Don't head for an exit. Now, this is truly the most important time of our service. You pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here.